guys, a quick intro to this episode of Coffee with Coaches. It's me and Dave again, another nutrition episode. As I always remind you before these episodes, if you are interested in the diet we're covering, you might want to get a notepad and pen to jot down some of the points that Dave makes here. It's a pretty dense episode of um, tips and tricks if you are going to venture into intermittent fasting at all it's something that i've tried so i put a bit more uh i put a bit more into today's episode but in any case it is pretty full-on and pretty uh information dense so hope you're enjoying these guys and let me know if you have any input into the podcast as always i've got an interesting guest coming up today um i'm recording today with a guy called julian dean who is a um well podcaster, comedian, and vegan. He's got a podcast called Two Vegan Idiots, uh, which is um, a podcast I've listened to since its inception a couple of years ago, I think. Um, and it's a, sort of a reincarnation of a, of a podcast that's been around since forever. So um, yeah, he's um, going to be an interesting guest. Again, if you hear this before, in the, if you hear this in the next six hours to 12 hours, get me any questions you might have for a vegan comedian. <laughs> um, yes, it will be interesting. And if that sounds like something that's up your street, then listen to the next episode in any case. But for now, today is me, Dave Menzano, chatting all things intermittent fasting. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Coffee with Coaches. Uh, episode number 15 and episode three in this series of uh, diet specific episodes that I've been recording with Dave in the UK. How are you doing, Dave? Really good, Tim. Thank you. How are you today? Yes, good, mate. Good. Um, as uh, as we was just saying then, this is uh, going to be an episode on intermittent fasting. We've covered our last two episodes that we've done together have been uh, low carbs was the previous one and vegan diet was the first one we did on diet specific stuff. So we're going to get into intermittent fasting today, Dave. I think, uh, just get into the, just get into the topic, mate. We've not got, we don't, not wasn't long ago we spoke. So I think, uh, just getting stuck straight into the, um, to the topic of intermittent fasting. Do you want to explain what that is for anybody that might not know? Yes. So, um, as me and you spoke just a minute ago, <laughs> feel free to uh, interrupt me anytime. If it starts to become too scientific, let's keep it. Uh, I'm going to do my best to keep it as simple uh, as possible. I've had some guys listening to the previous podcast who really enjoyed it, but uh, they found some some of the parts a little bit too heavy on the science. So, um, well, uh, you know, still learning on that and really learning uh, about the listeners who, you know, what people want to find out a bit more on these podcasts but anyway yeah yes. what they want to hear is exactly we uh yeah. we need to we need to know from them what they want to hear and uh and what's most valuable for them really right yeah that, that's it so um you know with, with with fasting it's something that i've i've played around with you know for for quite some time so i've got quite a bit of experience myself and with clients but anyway back to to what fasting is there, there are, so people would be familiar with, with different types of fasting. So the ones really that we can discuss mostly today are the 16-8. Maybe we could talk about the 5-2 as well. 
and uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit more about what is that. And then um, there's, you know, with, with fasting, basically what it means is you eat for a period of time, then you stop eating for a period of time. And that's yeah. what we refer to 16 or eight. So they're hours, right? You're talking about yeah. hours in that case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's also uh, reasons why people do fast. It might be for health reasons. It might be for religion, uh, religious reasons which have nothing to do with, with what we're going to be talking about. And uh, in, in our, really, in our industry, should we say, in the fitness industry, most people would do it for body composition. I mean, that's, that's really mostly why I, I see people trying to go into a fast. And then later on, we, we could talk about how we can implement fasting. Is it good to train with fasting? And who shouldn't really be fasting? Okay. Yes, so, yeah. yeah, so basically... If we, if we look at the, the different types of fasting, so we've got, um, we got the alternative fast, which would be a 24 hour period of fast. So you, so let's say I stop eating today at 6 p.m. and I don't start eating again until tomorrow, 6 p.m., right? So that would be- so A full 24 hours full of zero calories. Right, exactly. And we, we can talk a bit more about that. Then other, other ways of doing it will be 16-8. This is really, uh, I think that is probably the, the one that is more, most applicable for, for most people. I think it's, it's, it carries quite a few health benefits and uh, is not as restrictive as a 24-hour one, right? And then you have the 5-2 the diet, which is popular by uh, Dr. Mosley, which is the 5-2 the, the from you know, Dr. Mosley in the, in the UK. So... He came up with, with a diet where for five days of the week, you eat a normal diet. And for two days of the week, you restrict your calories. So you don't do a full fast, but you only eat, for example, like 18, uh, 800 calories. On two days a week? On two days a week, right. And yes. that's not given, you're not giving people specific times to eat those calories, just saying that on two days a week, you drop no. it down to 800 calories. That could be four 200 calorie meals or two 400 calorie meals it doesn't yeah matter. or 500 and 300 yeah so so yeah. you it'll, it'll be like day one will be normal day two would be a, a fast day so you're just doing those five 800 calories day three normal day four normal day five you fast again six yeah. normal day seven and so forth right whereas the alternate day would be one on one off so monday i eat regularly tuesday i don't eat until let's say the evening and so that is a lot more restrictive right yeah and i don't think that suits a lot of people uh doing it every other day don't get me wrong because it, it, it depends on your lifestyle right if you train a lot if you're very active i don't, I don't think that for me personally I, I, didn't, I didn't like that approach i could do it like once a week i was doing it where for example like every monday i'd fast right i'd be done eating let's say sunday evening and then i wouldn't eat again monday uh, evening until I, would, I came back from work until the evening Yes, that's yes. the the one the one I've tried myself was probably closer to sixteen eight where mm. um, I would stop eating at eight p.m. in the in well maybe not not quite eight p.m. maybe nine p.m. in an evening by the time I'd got back from work and had something to eat I would fast overnight obviously um, till one p.m. the next day which is exactly sixteen hours isn't it so uh, that gave me that was my fasting window um, I would eat at one p.m train from like i'd have a snack at 1 p.m to break the fast with um 
train from quarter past one till quarter past two and then have my first full meal of the day mm. just after training. Yeah. That, to be honest, to be honest, that worked for me um, better than, well, that worked for me quite well because I, I wasn't training for anything specific. I wasn't after breaking any records or anything, which I don't think I would have been doing on a, on, on that kind of, kind of way of eating because you're not going to train particularly hard I don't think after a full 12 15 hour 16 hour fast um but that worked for me how did you find training on a um on that on that Monday when you fasted all through the day did would you have trained in the daytime okay when I I did the 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 24 hour fast I usually did it on a Monday just because I was really busy at work. So it was, it was a good day for me to, to do it because I was just like going to, you know, to work for half seven in the morning and I wouldn't be finished work until six, half six in the evening. Yeah. So, you know, for that reason, I chose the Monday and, and for that, I didn't really train on that day, uh, except, you know, some, some, light activity just with like teaching classes. I, I might've actually, I might be lying actually, I might've done, so I might actually have done, uh, a, you know, 20 minute kettlebells or half hour kettlebells, but during a class, it wasn't like a specific training session for myself. It was more like teaching a class. I'd be, you know, I'd be doing some exercises with them. So I, I found it okay. Um, however, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Um, I was going to talk about this maybe a little bit later, but since we're on it, um, this way, it really depends on the individual. Okay, so if you're like me, where you're more of a hyperactive individual, uh, doing like a, a prolonged fast and doing a lot of exercise, it might not be all the beneficial, simply because you end up running too much on cortisol. Okay? okay, especially if you start to do too much intensity exercise, right? This is where, for instance, people that want to use the, the, the fasting and the exercise you know, during a fast to optimize weight loss, it's probably best to keep the intensity low, I would, I would imagine. Just because if you keep the intensity low, then you could be optimizing more fat metabolism, right? Sure. The, minute, the minute they start to go more into glycolytic activity, so more high-intensity activity, then you're going to be using more glycogen, right? So sugar, the they, carbohydrates are stored in the muscle. Let's, let's not keep it too scientific. But basically what happens is if that is then you know, prolonged, you start to burn the, the fuel in the, in the muscle. Okay, so you start to deplete the glycogen in the muscle. And as a response, the body will start to then pump uh, adrenaline and cortisol to secrete more glucose to give you more energy, right? So it's so an additional stress really that people... Yes, uh... an additional stress. And it's quite funny because I've, I've done experimental work where I've, I've done a full day fast and I'm, let's say, I'm 20 hours in my fast, I'm going to do a workout and I'm doing box jumps, kettlebell swings, pull-ups, so all things are high intensity, like a CrossFit workout for half hour, right? Using, you know, decent weights as well, you know, like clean and press, 50, 60 kilos, so Olympic bar plus, you know, 15, 20 kilos each side. Uh, so high intensity. And I then measure my blood sugar levels, Tim, and as we said the other day, optimal levels tend to be between, let's say, two and a half, at 2.5 to 5.8 millimoles per deciliter. Bear in mind that we in the UK, so we measure in millimoles. Uh, yeah. I know in Italy, where I'm from, or United States in milligrams, so bear, me, you know, bear in mind these calculations if you're from overseas. But anyway, my sugar levels were 8.5 or 9, so they're really, really high. 
So what does that tell you? I've utilized my glycogen in, in my muscles, but now I'm pumping out a lot of cortisol to fuel my workouts. Sure. Okay, cool. Okay. So, uh, like, like I said, I don't want to make... And was you finding it was affecting how intensely you could train at all? Yeah, it, it, it was just giving me the shakes, Tim. That, that's what I mean. Like, like mm. I said, it, it's, it's okay for some people, but no, I, I, don't, I don't think it should be done if you're then going to intend doing a lot of high-intensity exercise. And with these things, what you find, like when, when we were talking about the low-carb diet uh, last week, was that oftentimes you have people that do these protocols where they're fasting, but they're fasting, you know, most days, and they're doing CrossFit most days. And whilst a, a fast might be really beneficial for you and might help you cleanse and, and all these things, if you then overdo it and you do a lot of exercise with it, it starts to negate the benefits. Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. And how did you find it affected body composition? Was you doing it for long enough to 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 uh, to notice that? Yeah, I mean, body composition were good, and then again, this uh, at the beginning when I was doing it properly, I mean, properly without uh, without doing it too much, because I'm one of those individuals. Unfortunately, I have to learn by my uh, for my mistakes. That's why I'm saying this is it worked well. I was losing body fat, and I think, well, you know, if if I can do it on a Monday. How about if I do it twice a week? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I end up being like three times a week. And, and yeah. And, and then after that, uh, I start to actually uh, see some, some negative uh, uh, outcomes because I then start to gain more weight because I was just too stressed from it. Yeah. I find um, when I was doing it and conscious of calories, I was okay. So I would be like, right, I'm... I'm going to restrict myself to an eating window between one in the afternoon and uh, 9 p.m. I would have myself a decent sized meal at 1 p.m. after my training. It would probably yeah. be, you know, 800 calories. I would have a snack around uh, before going back to work. So like 4 p.m. would take me to 1500 calories and then yeah. I'd have an evening meal of, a, of, again, around 800 calories. So it was putting me uh, up in the sort of 2,000 to 2,500 calories in a day. And that was fine. Um, and that's me in a deficit at that. You know, I'm, I'm eating in a calorie deficit there. If I started to not look at calories and be like, right, I can practically eat what I want because I've fasted for that, for that period of time, um, I could easily get into near 3000 calories. And then obviously it's not going to work for weight loss. If you're over consuming calories, nothing, nothing you can do is going to get rid of, get rid of eating too many calories. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's right. The, the, the thing is with fasting, like, like we said the other day as well with, with low carb diets, all of these, all of these uh, protocols, they can work for weight loss. Right. But ultimately why do they work? Because you eat less calories. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Because let's say if I'm doing a, a 16 8 fast, and I, I, let's presume that when I, when I resume fasting, I don't overeat because that could be a problem, right? But if I don't have breakfast, I go by my day. So let's say I stop eating at uh, 10 p.m. at night. Then I wake up in the morning, I might do a, a fasting workout, uh, I go to work. And, and then at 12, 12 p.m., I break my fast. I have an, a normal meal. Then I carry on with my day. And then in the evening, I have a normal meal. So that could potentially lead to 
weight loss because I've also created a calorie deficit. I didn't have breakfast. Okay, exactly. so uh, maybe I've had four or 500 calories less. Now, let's get into the, the benefits. Why do people, uh, proponents of the fasting, think or, or, or say that it is beneficial or superior for weight loss? The claims, and I mean, you know, there are some, there's some good evidence on this, is that it can help with insulin sensitivity. Now, I've just put up a study earlier on because unfortunately, Tim, a lot of these studies, that's where people got to be a little bit careful. They're done on mice, right? right. Yeah. So there's not that many, that many human studies. But I found one on, on, a, on a Harvard Medical. And this is, you know, pretty good study. And they classified uh, two groups. They, um, they put one group on a restricted uh, feed, uh, feeding window, which was from 7 a.m. in the morning to 3 p.m. So they can only eat during those hours. Between 7 and 3 between seven and three. And then the other group at uh, over a period of 12 hours. So it might've been like between 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And keeping the same amount of calories equal in both groups, right? So let's say they're both at uh, 2,000 calories for, for females and 2,500 for men. Once uh, this study lasted for five weeks, once the, uh, the, uh, both, uh, both groups actually maintained the same body weight, so neither group actually increased or decreased the body weight. Which you'd expect what? with the calorie matching, right? They matched calories, therefore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, technically what is going to happen, exactly. It, it was maintenance, right? So what happened is, though, that the, 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 the people that ate between seven and three, so the, the intermittent fasting group, had better, uh, better insulin, so lower insulin and better insulin sensitivity, which we can talk about in a second, decreased blood pressure, decreased appetite, which overall affect the, the, the whole of the metabolism. Um, with insulin, this is very important. When we constantly eat carbohydrates, sugars uh, during the day, we're constantly keeping that insulin elevated. And that can lead to uh, a lot of problems. We spoke about this in a low-carb uh, episode last week. So I don't want to go through it uh, again. However, what you find is that, then again, this is one of the, the key benefits of fasting, is when you don't eat for a period of time, so like a, like a, a 16-hour window where you don't eat, for instance, you are lowering insulin, okay? And with that, the... the it, it can make you more sensitive to insulin the next time you eat. This is one of the, the benefits of intermittent fasting. What does that mean, yeah. Tim? Is that when I'm going to eat my next meal, instead of storing more of those carbohydrates, of the sugars in my fat cells, I'll be able to dispose better of those nutrients in my muscle cells. And that is what insulin sensitivity means. So people that lose their sensitivity to insulin, like, pre-diabetics, for example, yeah. they're not able to dispose of glucose in the cells as effectively of non-diabetic individuals. Okay, okay. Sure, sure. Individuals like me and you, for example, right? Yeah, yeah. If we're healthy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Which is, let, let's just put that into perspective for people yeah. listening. Um, you, you're going to, if you do any sort, any amount of resistance training, that improves um your uptake of uh, glycogen into muscle cells straight away, right? So we know we know that people that train well with weight weight training and I don't want to say leaner individuals, but definitely people who do train and activate muscle groups on a you know every muscle group hit twice a week ish or thereabouts is going to have half decent insulin sensitivity, right? 
Yeah, I mean, weight training and exercise in general helps helps with insulin sensitivity for sure. I mean, that, that that's one one of the key benefits, especially when you when you have people in a pre-diabetic state. Is okay. Do some regular exercise because that will help. Do a bit of exercise after a meal, you know, before a meal yeah. even, because it'll yeah. help you to absorb more glucose in, in a muscle. And um, the the um, anyway, so that so that was that, that study, which which was interesting. So yes, so you you found that doing a restrictive window of, of feeding with the Improve same amount of calories had those those benefits. The other benefits of fasting, and this is probably one one of the reasons that that caught my attention mostly at the beginning, and was uh, autophaging, so that is cellular repair. When we are constantly eating, um, basically it don't give time for the cells to re to repair and regenerate. And fasting, it seems to, you know, it, it shows in many studies after 15, 16 hours, that's when you start to have the benefits of autophaging, is that you start to have the cellular repair. Right, okay. okay. Which is which is very very important. Then again, that that can be highly scientific. So let, let's not get uh, too much into that unless people want to. When you say cellular repair, what are you talking about? Are you talking because a lot of people listening to this might be interested yeah. in muscle in muscle growth? Oh. Are you talking? Are you talking uh, about uh, that kind of stuff? Cells, basically, that's what was was interesting about that is that any cells it can be cells of, of your brain, cells of your gut. Okay. They just go repair. So you got. Some cells, uh, once they start to age, they start to become senescent. They start, basically, they, they, they don't start to work as properly, should we say. Let's keep yeah. it simple. And what happens is with autophaging, which means eat itself, okay, you, you get the, these, these, uh, these cells, basically, they get regenerated into younger cells. And then okay. they start to, again, you know, uh, heal damaged cells, which can be anyway in the body, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 So that can be, you know, really, really important. The um, the, the the other types of fasts that that people uh, also do, which I'm not really gonna discuss too much because I don't really have that much experience about, and it can be, you know, it's, it can be quite scientific and is also, you know, it could be quite dangerous. Dangerous. So I don't really want to talk about it too much. But people do a, a liquid fast. Yeah where they all, all they do is drink water. And then, then again, you know, that could be up to 48, 72 hours. People do that too, okay? And some people also do dry fast where they don't drink anything at all either. Any, con any consumption no. of anything for how long? Uh, then again, I, well, I mean, you, you learn in science really that you, that you can't go uh, too long without drinking water. So uh, I, I, my guess is you're probably doing it for like, 24, 48 at the most, because anything yeah. after that, then you could potentially die, right? Yeah. And it's quite interesting, however, because the the body can make some molecular water, it's called, from hydrogen in the fat and oxygen that we breathe. That's why people can are able to to do a uh, a dry fast. But like I said, it's, it is scientific. It's not something that I've, I'm too familiar with. So let's uh, let, let's let's not t uh, talk too much uh, about that. Whilst, the, whilst we're just there, actually, I'll, um, I've, I've got quite a bit of anecdotal experience with people fasting during uh, Ramadan, obviously, which we're uh, currently in Ramadan now, right? So people fast for daylight hours. Um, 
And if it wasn't locked down, Ramadan for me is a very busy month of the year. Everybody, I think we spoke about it in a previous podcast. People to, uh, see it as a good cleanse, as a good healthy month. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a month that I mean, spiritually, it's a month where people reflect and stuff like that. So, I've had quite a bit of experience with people. I always, always have have people asking me to take a training session a group training session post iftar iftar is the break in fast and at the minute it's falling at about 7 p.m so people uh, fast all the way up till 7 p.m um and my recommendation and my my best uh experience with clients coming to me uh whilst fasting is to take a session that's just po- just pre iftar mm. so they basically train for the for their last hour of their fast, they train. Yeah. I tell them to not push, not kill themselves. You know, I don't expect them to be breaking any land speed records in their, uh, if they're yeah. training at the end of a fast like that. And then immediately, literally, uh, you know, I've had clients that have their first banana of the day or first calories of the day right in front of me. Um, and water as well. You know, they're not, they, they don't drink during, during Ramadan either. Yes. Um, I've, I've done a couple of days of those fasts myself just to experience what clients go through and it's tough, you know, it's tough. Even just that temptation to wet your mouth with a a bit of water to, to not do that is hard, but from a training point of view, and I, I often see weight loss on it, obviously, you know, people go a month with only eating, basically only eating in an evening from 7 p.m. till maybe midnight. It's quite a festive period of time. So people train up till, uh, sorry, people eat from breaking fast at, at, in the evening as the sun sets up until uh, probably midnight because they have a, a, you know, a social gathering of food uh, uh, based around food and breaking the fast, so to speak. Um, if you don't overconsume in that time, obviously weight loss is going to occur. But I've seen, uh, I've seen clients drop, you know, in, in the space of, in the space of 28 days, maybe I've definitely seen a few five to, to, to eight kilo weight loss in that time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder, do they then keep it off or do they regain it? Well, that again, I've, the, the one client who I'm thinking of, I worked with him quite closely on, um, calorie counting after, after Ramadan. So I said, look, the reason you've lost this weight it's because we've reduced the calories. Obviously, your eating window was largely restricted. What we want to do now is keep that amount of calories that you was eating that was in, in the evening during Ramadan. We're going to take that amount of calories and spread it out over your day. So it might have been only in one evening meal and a social setting. You know, um, Emirati people tend to socialize, like Italy, I suppose, socialize over food for, for hours. Um, so he, he might have been consuming 2,000 calories over four hours, but that was still him in a deficit. I said, okay, we need to take those 2,000 calories and split it into three or four meals throughout your day now and see how you feel about that. And, and yeah, he kept the weight off very well, actually. I mean, he kept the weight off and then some. I think he dropped nearly 16 kilo by the time he left me. Hmm, pretty good. I mean, th- then again, you know, th- that is important because ultimately it's always about the quality. Because that is a problem with fasting. People might think, okay, you know, I didn't eat for 24 hours. I'm going to really, you know, do it today. And then end up eating, you know, two days in one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Okay. We can see studies that improves insulin sensitivity and all these things. But then if you're overeating, you're going to be negating those effects. Yeah. 
right? So then again, we're not proponing to people to be on a severe deficit because if it's too low of a deficit, that can then cause problems as well, right? But yeah, if, if there is a bit of weight loss that, that, that should happen. Like now, to be honest, I'm, I'm trying to lean out a little bit myself. Um, I've, I've kept exercise going uh, regularly, as we discussed. But uh, it's, I, I'm still not active as I used to be before when I was going to work and, you know, walking up and down the gym and walking back home and yeah. you know, all these things. And the biggest judge <laughs> saw me, you know, in the garden, my wife, <laughs> get a little bit of weight, <laughs> you know, I don't know, or, or calipers or anything else, and, uh, you know. You've got the, a wife uh, to tell you. <laughs> most hard uh, critic. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean out a little bit, and after look at these studies, I'm actually gonna attempt uh, fasting. I have done it in the past, but not recently. And I'm just gonna stick with a sixteen eight team. I don't want to do a, a any twenty four sixteen eight, and I'm gonna yeah. try and do it more days and see yeah. how I, see how it go. I think with that's that, a much more sustainable. It is sustainable. sustainable. And I'll just again, sorry, I know you've got some stuff you want to get yeah. into, but yes, okay, I'll put that into anecdotal experience as well with people is it's if people are eating shit for breakfast, you know, if you've got a busy client, like you, I know you, you'll have them as well in Nottingham, but if a client is running into Starbucks and grabbing um, a, a, a frappuccino and a, and a croissant on their way to work, it's probably 600 calories of, of, of you know, no, no nutrient value whatsoever. So yeah. what I, what I did with um, clients in the past he said, look, let's just put you on an intermittent fasting protocol. I don't want you to have breakfast. You know, a lot of people have this mindset of uh, breakfast being the most important meal of the day and so on. Um, I, I actually allowed, the, again, I'm thinking of one client in particular. I allowed her a black coffee in the morning. So immediately that took a shit coffee out of her diet. So she was on a, you know, one of these sugary uh, milk, mm. milkshake things from Starbucks. Which is incredible, incredible how much uh, carbohydrates and sugar they contain. Some of them yeah. Are. So it's just, and that was probably the only thing we changed is took that, uh, took those calories out. But because I called it intermittent fasting and I put this label on it of intermittent fasting, she adhered to it very closely. I said, look, I don't want you consuming any calories until your first until your lunch break, which I think was at 12 to one. So I made it very simple for her, very easy to understand. Didn't go into, you know, I didn't talk about these, uh, the, you know, the, any sort of these claims of um, the intermittent fasters make. I said, I just want you to cut this out. And she thought intermittent fasting was the best thing ever. And it was the, you know, it was, it, but it, it was for her, it fit her lifestyle is why it worked for her, let's face it. I mean, so some of, and those are some of the benefits. While we're on it, uh, some of the, the main benefits, apart from the insulin sensitivity that we discussed about, the autophagin, uh, there's also like some reports that it it improves like awareness, like brain yeah. awareness as well. People, I must to say that's the, that's something I notice on it. I notice that. Um, I mean, again, it's anecdotal, but I feel very alert and um, able <laughs> to concentrate. It, it is, and it is, and it isn't. There are some studies that show that actually increases brain-derived neurotropic factor, so BDNF, which helps regenerate brain cells. And okay. other things do that too, like exercise helps with that. Cold water immersions helps with that. Uh, omega-3 fatty acids, which we discussed about, uh, also oily fish, so eating fish uh, essentially helps with that. But um, I've looked at one study that showed that fasting for 48 hours increased BDNF 3.5 times more than exercise. 
So brain cell re- re- regeneration, yeah. basically. Yeah, brain cell regeneration. And the, the other benefits are, is that it's simple to, to follow. There's no really... Very easy, input. yeah. It doesn't require a bunch of supplements. No measure, in, you know, technically you, you could get people to... There's no need to measure calories, in effect. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a non-tracking method of, uh, of dieting. Yeah. yeah, so no special foods or supplements are required. It could possibly have health benefits, as we mentioned. It can be flexible. Yep. And some people find that it tends to be tend to have more energy, some mental clarity. It can reduce food cost, which is a, another good reason for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, very good. And reason, uh, yeah. and and it frees up their time also. You know, if they don't have to worry about cooking, you know, one, yep. one meal a day at least, that can uh, can help with that. The and it's that, that, that there's stressors that you've taken people stressors out of people's lives. There, you know, these people that have been trying to lose weight for years, they might yeah. be stressing over these things, and it, all of a sudden, you've said, "Don't eat breakfast." You, you've reduced their stress levels, right? Absolutely. However, there are there are certain populations that I, I would not recommend it to. Okay. Yeah. So, if you have advanced diabetes. For example, then it's something that you want to discuss with the doctor. I would just not, well, with any medical condition team, we don't just want people to, to you know, to do things on their own hands without seeking yeah. medical advice yeah. or see a professional. If you suffer with thyroid, okay, thyroid, we said about this last week on the low carb episode, um, you need, I'm not going to talk about carbs with this, but because not eating can also be a stress, and it can start to produce cortisol, especially if you're doing exercise or if you, you know, anything else that you need a little bit more energy, should, should we say? Yes. Then the body's going to secrete cortisol. So cortisol is known as a stress hormone. It is essential, but too much of it is, is not good. And that can interfere with T3 and T4. Testosterone right? levels, right? It's a, a thyroid. thyroid. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So, okay, thyroid, cool. so T3 and T4. So it can downregulate your thyroid. So it can make it a little bit more sluggish. Let's keep it simple. So that so if you've got thyroid um, symptoms, maybe not the best thing. If you have eating disorders, now this is important. If you suffer with bulimia, anorexia, anything like mm-hmm. that, you want to keep a, a stable eating pattern for sure. Uh, if you're pregnant, if you tend to become pregnant, if you have nutrient deficiencies, if you have chronic illness, disease, if you're breastfeeding, so all of those re- for all of those reasons, maybe fasting is not gonna be, yeah, optimal. Not right? for you. Not not for you. The you said before only black coffee. Um, there's also um, you know some people advocating like bulletproof coffee things like that with, with fasting. I don't I don't when I fast I just do black coffee. Yeah. And nothing else. There's a, there is also some evidence that anything that's gonna uh, secrete some enzyme activation, then it could break far, break a fast. So even having a coffee or tea, but I'm not gonna, you know, I don't think that that's too much, um, you know, too much of a problem. But yeah, if you're doing coffee and cream, for for instance, then you could, in theory, break a fast. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I would just say water, coffee. Now say some people used to advocate amino acids. I remember I used to do that years ago. I was taking amino acids in fear of losing muscle. Yeah. Especially What's the science on that? What has there any? Have you got any studies there on on you uh, on talking about um, any uh, atrophy, any lo- lo- uh, loss of muscle tissue, loss of lean tissue um, when fasting? Not really. I mean, 
then again, if we're just going to keep it simple, we're just talking about 16A or 24 hours, right? Yeah. So if you start to do 48, 72, then it could occur. Studies show actually that uh, fasting can help with growth hormone. Yeah, so okay. So growth hormone, yep. okay, which is actually helps with muscle growth. No, no, really. Uh, I, I think that if you, if you, as long as you, you eat an adequate protein, you do resistance training, you're not going to lose any, any muscle. If you are, then again, like we said before, doing fasting often and you might not eat enough calories and you're doing a lot of glycolytic activities like CrossFit, interval training, things like that, then you could, it could start to, to break down muscle through glycogenesis, which means you're breaking down protein in the yeah. muscle and yeah. fat to make glucose. So then there the, the could be a risk, but... If you're just doing a bit of weightlifting, if you're just doing some moderate cardio and you're fasting, I can't see you'll, it being. You'll being hold a, on to lean tissue. Yeah. Being a problem. This is for me, Tim. I don't know what your opinion is. For 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 fat loss, though, because I know a lot of people listening might be thinking about fat loss, and I am as well in this phase. I would say that doing some fasted cardio, especially like waking up in the morning, moderate like light intensity to moderate intensity, would really be beneficial. Yeah, and I found this in the past when I was doing this. When I had like now I have time because I'm not going to work, right? But when I'm at work, is is a bit harder. But basically, if you get up in the morning, have a black coffee, for instance, get some trainers on, and go for a walk, right? Yeah. Even half hour. But that is going to be at a low intensity or some like elliptical or light swimming. Anything that's going to be low. Like yeah. I did a light cardio session this morning, and I just really, really did half an hour, and I kept an eye on my heart rate and made yep. sure that I wasn't going above the 140. Okay. And even that probably was a little bit too high because I want to metabolize fats. Right. Sure. Okay. You don't want to get into a, a, anywhere near it being glycolytic. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. So if you do some fasted cardio for, for body composition, first thing in the morning, ideally, and, or, you know, or, you know, before a meal and keep the intensity low, that should optimize fat metabolization instead of glycogen. Sure, sure. Okay, that's cool. That's good. That's quite practical information people can uh, yeah can can act on. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally haven't gone down the route of. I, I used to go a run in a morning and it just happened to be by chance fasted. You know, I didn't. I I wanted. I just had a sip of water, a bit of water in me. I'd go out and do a twenty to thirty minute jog. It wasn't particularly intense but it probably it would have got my heart rate higher than 140 that's for sure i'd have been in the you know 150 160 170 range i'd push myself to be honest um but it, it and i was trying to get leaner at the time it's additional activity at the end of the day isn't it it, it, is. it is additional activity and but as you mentioned there there's been benefits uh, shown to to come from uh, doing it faster i think that's uh, people uh, like I said earlier on, depending on, on, on your um, personality traits as well, if you're like yeah. me, more of a hyperactive, you got to be a little bit careful because uh, especially overdoing it on a coffee because I was doing fasting prolonged for like 24 hours and then doing quite a bit of coffee. Yeah. And like I said, that really will induce some uh, cortisol. And what I found with that team, and that's probably the reason why I stopped doing that, is then I start to develop like arrhythmias. So I'll, okay. I'll get like rapid heart rate out of nowhere. 
which you know was freaking me out. So yeah, not too much coffee because coffee then again is a stimulant, it's gonna secrete cortisol. If you're fasting, I can secrete cortisol. So all of these combinations, if you're doing you know crossfits, because I was in all these things. Uh, like, like all of these diets we're talking about, basically you've got to do them. You yeah. can't go throwing everything into the mix. I think the yeah. thing to do, I've, I've noticed people, uh, when they, especially when, if they're new to training, they come to me and see the benefits of one thing, so they throw everything else on top of it. You know, um, I've known people do intermittent fasting and do it on a low carb. On well, a low exactly. Carb. That's what I said to you before. It was like me; I did a mistake. I thought one day was great, it was laying out. Yeah. And then you know, oh, surely twice it would be good. Oh, surely <laughs> if I do CrossFit halfway through, it's gonna be even better. Yeah, then, exactly. You know, so I think just to uh, give a be sensible guide, with it, right? Yeah, so some recommendations. I would say uh, just to optimize health, uh, lean out, and all these good things. Avoid eating sugar, refined grains as much as possible. Try to stick with more fiber type carbohydrates. So I'm a big fan of sweet potatoes, uh, oats, you know, brown rice, uh, yep. yams, plantains, all these good things, you know, berries. I don't really advocate a lot of bananas or, you know, a lot of tropical fruits, not for body composition because sure. they can spike insulin quite a bit. Um, let the body burn fat between meals. So then again, not too much snacking. Okay. Because then yep. again, you, 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 you keep secreting that insulin like we said earlier on and that's one of the benefits of fasting. So fast, you know, 16, 8 would be good. I had a, a question earlier on from one of the, the listeners. He said, oh, you know, does it make any difference? 14 or... I, I say that you tend to see based on science, 15, 16... Just say that again, Dave. I missed you. I missed Sorry. what you said. That what, did, what was the question? What, yeah, one, one of the guys asked if it was if there was any benefits of fasting just like you know 13 14 hours instead of 15 or 16 and you do see that most benefits start to occur uh at 16 hours so uh, okay that's the one i would advocate for people 16 8 that's yep. when you start to see the autophaging effects and and you know so and just to clarify to anybody listening that is including your sleep right so we all go eight yeah. hours we all do an eight hour fast while we sleep yeah. right yeah, if you sleep eight hours, and maybe <laughs> sleep, sleep is uh, hours, yeah. can be a future episode. I think that uh, that would be a good one. Yeah, and then uh, so we said uh, avoid uh, sugar and grains uh, and refined grains. Sorry, um, let the body burn fat between meals. Try to do a sixteen-hour fast, and not really try to be careful, uh, mindful of eating too much sugar and eating too much at night as well, because. There is also some evidence. I know that you know we like to eat some carbs at night to help us sleep, but it should be good quality carbs and not too much. Yeah. So if you're doing you know a lot of sweets, chocolates, biscuits, things like that, at that time of night, then we most likely going to be storing in most fats. Sure. Okay. Cool. And uh, any any other recommendations you want to put in on top of those, Dave? Like like anecdotal from your experience, any advice rather than uh, stats. You know what? I wasn't. Uh, I was just gonna say, mention this in general for for body composition. I I think that, for example, uh, especially if people have more time during this lockdown, it, it would be good to do like even multiple exercise sessions in a day. So yeah. you could fast and just do some light cardio in the morning, uh, or some also a little bit of weight training. Uh, you know, gymnastic type of exercises if you if you live in an apartment, like bodyweight squats and pushups, yeah. things like that. And then in the afternoon, do what they call like a trigger session. So do a little bit more exercise. So 
I, for example, yesterday I did some weights, as you know, I got weights in my garage. Uh, I did some squats, I did some, uh, you know, some bench press. And then later in the afternoon, I went in the back and I did some, uh, you know, some, some dips, I did some pull-ups. Sure. You know, it doesn't have to be that. It can be anything. It can, you can break down cardio, you know, a little bit of uh, resistance training. And that way is a really effective way, in my opinion, to get the metabolism going. Yep. Use effectively, partition effectively the nutrients that we eat and utilize them in a muscle instead of storing it in the fats. Cool. All right, I think that's a, a nice way to uh, wrap up uh, wrap up this episode on intermittent fasting, mate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, have we got next week's diet ready to? Oh, do we know what we're doing next week? Well, it's up to you. I mean, we've done vegan. Um, we've done low carb. Low carb. We've done, we've done intermittent fasting. fasting. So we, um, either we can do keto or or, or carnivore, uh, whatever you. Maybe think. keto. Okay, keto is keto. Um, yeah cool all right guys so uh, that's uh, episode number three of this in this series of uh, diets with dave we will um be back again next week and uh dave will be back as well there's another episode coming out with um with ali who is a newly qualified yoga well a qualified yoga instructor who's just gone into yoga therapy that'll be out in the next day or two and then uh, we'll have the corner, uh, what did we say? Keto, keto diet with Dave coming up in the, after that. So fantastic guys. Um, good to speak to you, Dave. Stay on the line, yeah. mate. I'll wrap up the podcast. Hey, See you later, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers.